0: You're listening to the 22nd episode of A Shot Podcast. I'm your host and interviewer, Aaron Richter. I'm a portrait and fashion photographer who started his career in New York as a journalist and magazine editor. Every episode of this show, I ask a photographer to pick one of their images to discuss in depth. The only guideline I give is that the photo shouldn't be the shot, but simply a shot, and they're open to interpret that however they want. My intention is to discourage the pressure of picking the absolute best, finest, career-defining work, but just to focus more on something each artist might be interested in at the moment. You can see all the photos we're discussing on our Instagram at ashoppodcast. And make sure to check out larger versions online at ashoppodcast.com, as well as transcripts of all the interviews. In this episode, I talk with photographer Josefina Santos. Born and raised in Bogota, Colombia, the Brooklyn-based artist creates intensely intimate portraits and fashion images that explore place, identity, and cultural memory. What I've loved most about Josefina's work throughout the past couple years is witnessing the clear progress and development of her style and voice as a photographer, as each successive assignment one-ups the previous while never abandoning her core interest, the people she meets in front of her lens. I always leave her work thinking, I can't wait to see what she does next. For our conversation, Josefina picked a black and white photo of a boy diving into a body of water from Sucre, her ongoing series of images that explore her mother's hometown in Colombia perfectly timed to when the boy, his eyes closed, his bare torso tense, a splash greeting his swim trunks, strikes the water. The image conveys a magical realism that Josefina had been eager to discover after reading her mother's childhood stories. It feels like a dream or a memory, almost as if someone watched the scene unfold in front of them and hit the rewind button to watch it again. The project began as an exploration of family, but quickly expanded outward as Josefina found herself captivated by the culture and people of the region. Her plan is to release Sucre as a book, and you'll hear in our conversation a bit about the editing process as Josefina weighs the challenge of how to distill years and years of images into a statement that's been constantly evolving and developing as the town reveals itself to her in new ways. If you've been enjoying these episodes, I have set up a donate button on the about page of our website, ashoppodcast.com. Producing this show is a lot of work and comes with a handful of costs, so consider a donation to help me keep this project going. But for now, let's get to the conversation. I'd like to welcome to AShop Podcast, Josefina Santos. Welcome, welcome.
1: Hi, Aaron. Good to be here.
0: So to start, can you describe this photo that we're going to talk about?
1: Yeah. Well, this photo was taken in Colombia, in Sucre, which is the town where my mom's from. It was one of the first photos that I took for my ongoing project, Sucre, which I started about in 2016. And this was during Semana Santa, which is Easter. What happens is like all the fisher boats and like fishermen in the area go out to celebrate. So I kind of like tagged along with one of them. And I just saw a bunch of kids diving from this bridge. And I was just like, please, please, can we stay here for like 10 minutes? And it was a really big group of kids that were just kind of jumping from the bridge. And then that's how I got that shot. And it was one of the first that I'm including in, in the book, hopefully.
0: So you were there with your camera because you were taking pictures of something else.
1: Yes. So I wanted to take pictures of sort of like the boating route and kind of with all the fishermen because they go in groups and it's kind of like this big celebration and they drink. And I was like something interesting might pop up here. I didn't really end up featuring any of the photos that I was there to take. This was kind of like a nice surprise that ended up making it into
0: the project. So when you're in a situation like this, what sort of things are you looking for? Like what makes you want to take a photo here?
1: In this situation, I was just trying to do something new. I was trying to get immersed a little bit more in the culture. You know, my cousins recommend that they're like, you might like this, you might not like this, but just check it out. So in these types of situations, when I'm starting a project, I'm not trying to look for anything specific. I'm trying to just be like really open and really aware and try to take everything that comes at me. Because I think if I try to look for something very specific, I won't see what starts to develop right in front of me.
0: Is taking pictures the goal of the day or is it more observational?
1: It's never really like, ah, how many pictures did I take today? Like, did I get that shot or not? To me, it's a little bit more about who did I meet today? Kind of what did I see? What did I learn? And is there something that I can come back to? Because there's someone that I saw that I thought was really interesting that maybe I can go and look for next and like ask for a portrait or, oof, I really liked this little cafe that I found. I want to go back and maybe photograph there. To me, it's more about like, what did I learn today? And is that something that I can use later on? Or is that something that I can come back to? And if I get a good picture in the day, when I'm kind of like in the investigation part of the project, great.
0: What's your setup when you're taking a photo like this?
1: Oh, it's just my camera. One camera, I was on the boat. At the time, I was using the Pentax 67. It was my first time using a camera like that. Like This was my introduction to, to medium format cameras those cameras are super finicky. And I remember that at that time and and on this trip, that camera stopped working. It got some salt water splashed onto it and it like eroded in a matter of days. So I remember being really frustrated and always having like a digital camera as a backup, but I really didn't want to use it. But for this setup and for really all this, this entire project, it was just like one camera on hand, film, that's it.
0: What do you like about the process of working that way?
1: It gives me more focus. Like I don't have to think about everything else. I have like the camera on the hand. It also makes you a little more inconspicuous. Not that those cameras are, those cameras are huge. People notice them. They're not silent. When you take a shot, people know. But at least I just have to worry about one thing, one camera, the film, and then whatever I'm photographing. I don't have to think about anything else. So I don't have to think about changing cameras or lenses. I kind of just pick a lens for the day. If I'm going to go do a walk around or if I'm hoping to take a portrait, I'll, choose a lens and then kind of stick to that lens that day so I don't have to worry about anything else and at that time you know this was back in 2016 when I was really just starting to photograph you know I kind of like learned by doing and learned all the mistakes and it was a really long process because you know I was living in New York at the time but then doing this project in Colombia you know if I messed up I messed up a lot I would either have to like come back to Colombia plan another trip it made me learn very quickly, but it also helped that I was a little more focused, that I wasn't bringing any more variables in.
0: So how aware was your subject in this photo that you were taking a picture? Did he know that you were going to try to get a photo of this happening?
1: Yeah. So they got super excited. I asked like, the boatman to just sort of stay like idle for a couple minutes. So they were all jumping and they were kind of like jumping into the water and then going back out and then doing it again. It was a big group of kids. So I kind of just like gestured and they started to get really into it. They started to do flips. I mean, there's a whole series of kids jumping off of this bridge. I did get approval and they were like, we're going to show off a little bit for you.
0: How important is it that you are making them aware of you?
1: It depends on what I'm photographing and it depends on sort of the shot. But it gives me a sense of, okay, I can come in here. Like it gives me a sense of like, okay, maybe maybe do that again. It gives me a little more freedom to ask for more things. I think, instead of just kind of taking that one shot and walking away.
0: Are you giving them direction like that? Like saying, oh, yeah, but like try to do this this time.
1: No, I was letting them do their thing. But if one of them did like a cool backflip, I'd be like, oh, please do that again. And I can make sure I have a shot of
0: that. So how did this series of images begin? And what images were you looking to include in it at this point?
1: So I'm from Colombia. I was born and raised in Bogota. And my mom's from this like, really small town called in Inselejo. I like grew up very separate from like my mom's side of the family. It started as curiosity of like me wanting to go back to like my mom's side and get closer to my grandma and to like my cousins. I thought it was going to be more of a family project, but when I started going more to this town, the project just kind of like opened up. It became much more of like what was going on outside and what the people in the town were doing and what it was like than inside. Like a lot of my family is still scattered within the project, just because they're part of this town and they're part of the story I'm telling. But I just found such a magical realism going on in the day-to-day of Since that, to me, it became much more about that. It became much more about where can I find these little moments that represent that.
0: So what does an image like this add to this series? And to some extent, how can we see that this is an image that is one of the first images that you took?
1: Maybe in the sense that, you know, when you start a project and you're green and you kind of don't overthink things. I've done so many sequences. I've done so many selections. This project could really be five different projects just because like the different selections that I've done and the different ways there is to tell sort of the same story. And one of the things I keep going back to is the first photographs that I took that I maybe at the moment really didn't like. Or I was being too hard on myself, like, oh, this is blurry or like this isn't properly exposed or things like that. But there was a sense of no strings attached. I wasn't thinking too much about anything. I wasn't looking for something specific where I think once you're like years into a project, you've thought about it so much that things start to get cloudy. So I think this image particularly and like this series of images have like a freshness to them and kind of a lightness. It doesn't seem overly composed because it was like one of the first images that I took. And I was more free at that moment when I was working on this. So I keep going back to those and I keep trying to kind of put myself in those shoes and remember like how I was approaching things to see if I can get a little bit more back into that.
0: So you've said that an element of your work comes from balancing, as a Colombian immigrant, the feeling of being both an outsider and an insider. To what extent do you feel like an outsider when you're taking a photo like this?
1: Very much so. I think when I'm in America, I don't feel completely American, even though I've been in New York for 12 years now. And when I'm in Colombia, I don't feel like fully Colombian because I've been in America for so long. And that was a feeling that I really started to feel when I started this project, because I was also coming into, I mean, a side of my family, but also as an outsider. So like this entire project has been me feeling like an outsider, but then also finding my place. I don't feel as much as an outsider within this situation as much now. But I think with images like this and with situations like this, you are very much an outsider. It's part of seeing something special in their everyday life. For example, I remember my cousin being like, she was there with me. She was like, why are you taking photos of that? Why is that interesting? They do that every day. This is new to me. This is special to me. I'm seeing it with fresh eyes and I see something special in this. So I am very much an outsider, but, As I've worked on it, I've also found my place within all these images and where I belong as well.
0: I mean, to some extent, what do you want to say?
1: I just want to give this place a chance, you know, and I want to give this place a voice. The story of Colombia is so one-sided. And it's funny enough because even within Colombia, the story of Sucre is still very one-sided because it's like very corrupt and very poor. And even within Colombia, there's just one story to this one place. I want to show something different. I want to show what I see, which is very different from what people say or, or what people think. But it's not one specific thing I'm saying, but I kind of just want to present another side of the story.
0: So as a project like this expands, you have a lot of ownership over a subject when you're approaching it from the perspective of family, because it's your family and you. no one's going to say, well, you can't cover that or you can't cover that in that way because it's your family. You have ownership of it. But as you expand a project, and include other people, I would get the sense that you would start to feel a responsibility toward the subjects that you're featuring.
1: Absolutely. And kind of why am I featuring them? And what's my place? This is my mom's hometown. I can go out and photograph people that live there because there's a part of me that is also from this place. But to me, it's in the moment when I've been photographing. I don't think I've ever felt that I'm intruding on anyone. Even with portraits, actually, most of the portraits in this project are subjects looking into the camera. So I think there's a mutual agreement and there's a mutual understanding when you take a photograph like that. You know, at the beginning, it was very much so me being curious and me being kind of like, tell me about yourself, tell me about this place. I would go into like establishments. There's a ton of like virgins and Christs made out of gesso. There's a ton of like little stores of that. So, there was a one point where I was like really interested in photographing those stores and kind of like the women that work there and like the owners. So, to me, I was coming in from a place of being invited and being curious and like asking people about themselves and kind of what they did and what this was about. I was coming from an angle of like, I want to know about you. I want to know about this place. I want to know about how that can relate to me. And like, again, I keep going back to finding my own place within this town and kind of finding like
0: my own story. I don't know how much you thought about this, but. What responsibility do you think that you have to your mother with images like this?
1: Yeah. Oh, it's really interesting. So My mom's a writer and my mom wrote and published this book and it took her like 10 years to write and she published it in 2019. It was like a childhood memoir about growing up in this place. So when I read the manuscript, I felt recognized. Like I felt like I knew this place. I felt like I knew the people. There was something about me that I was like, I feel like I've been here before. And I'd only been there before, like a couple of times. But of course, like my mom's from there. I was still very much connected. And that's kind of what propelled this project. So it was very cathartic in a way where like my mom released this book and released this. She kind of like birthed this baby with her childhood memories. She like let go of that as I was coming into it. She's excited to see how I see it. We overlap on like a lot of things. And she actually helped me a lot because she was the one that was very curious about how I was going to see it. And a lot of the stories in her memoir are stories that I see kind of trickled into, not stories, but like little moments that she describes that are like really like magical realism. I've started to see those moments and I've started to like recognize what makes something extra special in this place through the camera. So it's been a really nice partnership in a way. She's seen all the pictures from the beginning and like she's seen sort of like how it's changed. I'm still not done. It's still in progress. I guess she's also like, please don't take 10 years because it took her 10 years to write that. So she was like, just whatever you do, release it because she was like, it's going to change every year. It's going to change because you change and something that's very personal as well. Even if it is about a place, you're still connected to it really personally. So she was like, at one point, you just have to let it take its own life, like release it and let it take its own life.
0: So outside of simply finding this scene and realizing that it would make a great photo, where does an image like this come from for you? And I guess I'm sort of asking, outside of this spark with your mom's book, what's like a deeper source of desire to make a photo like this and not just make a photo like this, but then also make it something public that you want to share with the world?
1: So like when I first encountered this, and then every single time I've been back, I've seen not the same group of kids, but kids jumping off from this bridge. It's like something they do every single like after school. Like if you go to that bridge at 6 p.m. people are going to be jumping off of it. So to me it was like, okay, first, and now that becomes like a cultural thing. But to me, it also just represents joy. Like very simple kind of like teenage joy. And it's something that I do want to show in that book. I do want to show happiness in Colombia and kind of cheer. It can be as simple as that as well. What can you get out of jumping off a bridge if it's not like pure joy. And like, there doesn't need to be a deeper meaning to that.
0: So when we were emailing about images to talk about, we were also considering some photos that you would taken during a trip to India. And the thing that I noticed about those images is that it was a lot of people turned away from the camera or people from behind. Whereas the photos that you take in Colombia, it's clear that not only are you able to engage with their subjects, but you yourself seem to be much more comfortable making images and just how much you're showing. Subjects are front-facing, often closer in. This may be an obvious question, but how would you describe the difference in how you feel here?
1: Well, I think one of the main things is communication. I'm a person first. Even if I'm on a trip to take pictures, even if like that's the goal, you're a person first. I don't even have the ca- like The camera is like, sling to the back and like I'm like, looking, I'm making eye contact. If I like something, if I see a situation, if I see a person that I like, first, I always try to go talk to them. And that's kind of like the first thing, you know, making contact. And of course, that's going to be way easier in Colombia, just because I speak the language in like the coast of Colombia. People are very friendly. People are curious about you. Like a lot of the times I don't even approach a subject. They approach me like, oh, you have a camera. Like I take my picture to my picture and like things like that. In India, the thing that I had a tough time with was that initial communication, that initial mutual kind of understanding agreement. So even though I did take a lot of pictures that in India were facing, because you can at the end of the day communicate body language, like you'll find a way. But in India, I kind of like didn't want to impose. I feel like that's sort of where I was holding back a bit. Because in Colombia like I do feel very comfortable and, and like I'm okay approaching people and I'm okay like asking. In India, I didn't want to impose that much i was there for like a couple weeks thankfully and i feel like at the end i was starting to get a little bit more the type of shots that i got in colombia like i was feeling a little more comfortable i was even with just like hand gestures and like little words that i learned starting to communicate and starting to kind of be able to talk to people like even on the street honestly that that's what i'm looking for like if i can have a conversation with someone
0: so this image is part of a contact sheet that you show with other, the other images that you shot of the people diving into the water. What effect do you think it has on this image when you take it away from the contact sheet and show it on its own?
1: It shows more intimacy because the contact sheet immediately makes it action because you see all the different people jumping. And what's fun about a contact sheet is also you see my process and you see what I like and you see, you know, if I ask someone to do something twice, but it becomes much more action and it becomes much more like what choices I took. Something like this, it immediately brings it back to the subject and me, our intimacy, like our connection, our relationship. The contact sheet, I think, takes that out of it.
0: To me, the contact sheet feels like a document of something that's happening in front of you, whereas this image on its own feels almost like a memory. Absolutely. How important is memory to your work?
1: Very important. You know, you were talking about responsibility before, and I do feel like creating work and creating a body of work about a place in the way of what you've said or like what you've created, how will that look like in 10 years? What will that be? You are capturing a place in time. Even if what you wanted to say or not happens, what you've done has captured a place in time. The memory of that stays. You might try to have control of that and kind of like try to have control of like what you want to say, but there's two different things. Like you shoot something and then that captures it. And then that moment is there, what you do with it later. And like, this is sort of also what goes into a project like this is like, one thing is like shooting it and kind of what you're shooting, who you're shooting, how you're approaching it. But then it's, what are you saying? Like that's the second part of the story, right? How are you sequencing? How are you editing your story? That's a whole different part of it. With this particular project so i have contact sheets of everything of every single role i've done i have a contact sheet and at one point one of the editors that was helping me with this he was like what if it's just this what if it's just the contact sheets what if it's just no intervention what if it's really just this and i was really excited about that because i was like the contact sheets show it with like no intervention i shot it so like that's like a sense of editing it's like i chose to photograph that person that place, in that moment that's me already editing out a lot of other things from the place in that moment. So what if it's just the contact sheet? That would be a very poignant memory of that place in that time. Whereas if I do the many dummies that I've done and the many sequences that I've done, which have been more carefully chosen and sequenced, I'm inserting myself much more in that story. So that's where what do I want to say really comes in. So it's kind of living between these two worlds. It's one of those things where I'm really trying to take my ego out of it. Because I was like, okay, if I want to tell a story of this place, the context sheets make more sense. It's unfiltered, it's dirty, it's ugly, it's beautiful. But then, you know, I see an image like this on its own and the level of intimacy it represents. And I also want to tell that story.
0: So I like the tension that's happening in this photo because by freezing this moment, you're not letting this person do what they want to do, which is dive into the water. What do you think a tension like that adds to this photo?
1: you kind of feel how hard his feet touch the water. Like, I feel like you can almost touch it, kind of like the water's almost splashing on you. It made for a very dynamic shot in the moment.
0: I, I think that the interesting thing too about it is, depending on how you're feeling that day, you could approach this with a completely different mood. You could look at this and just see the excitement of diving into water, or you could look at this and see this like closed eye, Expression on his face and get almost like a sense of fear or like anxiety from it.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which is funny. You say that because that was very much the tension that was happening in that moment. Some of them were like super excited to jump. I think he was one of the ones that jumped the most. He like had no fear, but you could see the tension up in the bridge of like people that were like, oh, no, I don't know. And that is always the tension when you're going to jump off something like that. You're like, "We, we know yes. No, now, now, now. So, like that is very much the tension that was happening in real life as well.
0: What about this photo? Feels familiar. Feels like home. There's a childhood sort of
1: sense to it of freedom and of like carelessness. And I feel like when I go back to Colombia, I kind of revert a little bit more to like when I was a child and when I was like a teenager. I just feel a little more free, especially working on this project now, because when I go back to New York, sometimes I kind of have to like go back into like that hustle mode of like making things happen. Whereas in Colombia, and thinking about this photo, it's all people just spending your afternoon jumping up a bridge and kind of diving into the water. Like it feels
0: like childhood. How important is that element of home to this series?
1: Very much. Throughout the series, I started out with it being much more of like me as a spectator outside looking in. And I think I've proudly now become a part of it and feel like there is a place for me there and, and that I belong. So for me, it was very much kind of me finding my place within Sinceremon, within and within this town. I feel like working on it, it offered a place for me. It does feel like home, even though it, maybe it didn't at the beginning. And maybe like, you know, definitely like when I shot this photo, I remember it not feeling at home at all. And I remember the first few times I went It was very, very hard because I felt very out of place, very out of place with my family, with the town, with what I was doing. I had to give it time. I kind of expected it to like open itself up to me just because I felt like I had the right because my mother was from there. So I was like, oh, you know, like this is part of my heritage. But then you have to give a project like this and a place like this respect in time. Like you have to nurse it. It feels like home now. I'm Colombian. I was born in Colombia, but then now... I feel like I'm accepting that fact that America is also, and New York particularly, is also where I'm from now. Now this place is also where I'm from. It has a part in me and it has a part of like who I am.
0: What have you learned as a photographer that's given you the instinct to take a photo like this?
1: I think patience is a big thing. Not getting too wrapped up into how many pictures did you take one day. like Having time, time and patience for a project like this. Yeah, for sure. And also always go back to discarded photos. And also that a project will always tell you what it needs to be if you give it time. And I'm saying this for like a personal project and like something that I want to make a book out of. When I first started, I was like, I want to do the selection and I want to get the book out now and I want to do all this. And then, you know, I'm so glad that I didn't because so many things have opened up within that time because I've given it time and I've taken breaks and I've gone back to it that I think time and perspective and patience. Those are like the big ones.
0: So to close the conversation, what's something unrelated to photography that's been feeding you creatively lately?
1: Food, very much. My boyfriend's an amazing cook. I don't help him at all. It's like one of those things. But I think just seeing him cook, and maybe that's something that quarantine, you know, we all share together, but seeing him sort of grow into like what we're cooking, what we're doing, and just making something with our hands. Something that you can just eat and then that's it. And then just think like, okay, like what are we going to do next day? Like that's food has been something that in the moment really just takes you out of everything else. And you just kind of get to enjoy without thinking about anything else.
0: Thanks for listening to A Shop Podcast. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Josefina. Please keep spreading the word. I love all the support you all have been showing lately. Keep telling your friends and sharing online. As always, one of the best things you can do to help is post about A-Shot on your Instagram stories. I'm finding so much engagement coming that way. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Stitcher. Rate us five stars or even type out a quick review. And let me know what you think. I'd love for you to consider a donation via the PayPal button on the About page of ashotpodcast.com. Any amount you can give will help me keep this project going. Music for this show is by Johnny Ripper, a song called June. And lastly, thank you Josefina for sharing your work and for your trust. I'll see you all in a couple weeks for another great episode.